0: Welcome to The Mini Break, your daily podcast for the... Biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world today is Friday, July 7th. We here at Cracked Rackets are well aware that right now the center of the tennis universe, it's the 2023 Wimbledon. And boy, have the first four days at the year's third major delivered the goods. We will recap each and every day of the event here on the Mini Break Podcast feed. We'll preview each day's play over on the Great Shot Podcast feed as well. But perhaps If you've listened to some of our Wimbledon coverage throughout the course of the week, you are well aware of the fact that we are not on the grounds at Wimbledon. No, we are on the grounds of the Bloomfield Hills Challenger, this inaugural event here in my hometown, home area of Southeast Michigan, and beyond even... The level of tennis we've seen unfold. It's just been such a joy for me personally to have the opportunity to be a part of bringing back professional tennis to the Southeast Michigan area. It's the first time we've had it here in the 21st century, and there's just been a buzz. There's just been an excitement. Now, it always helps to have guys like Kenishi Nishikori and American veterans like Sandgren, Kudla, Johnson in the draw, but man, has it been a spectacular week. And if you've missed any of our coverage, you can catch up on all the conversations we've had with the many players in the draw over on our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. If you want to see both mine and these players smiling faces, you can also watch all the interviews over on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. And to further Educate all of you tennis fans on everything that's happened so far here at Bloomfield Hills, as well as offer me a chance to get some thoughts, some takes that have been brewing in my head about this event off my chest. What I want to do here on Friday morning is offer a preview of today's Bloomfield Hills Challenger quarterfinal singles matches. We've got Four exciting matchups throughout the course of the day, whether it's Sasakumar vs. Sandgren, Kudla vs. Kakushin, Jessica vs. Schoolkate, Johnson versus Uchiyama. I'm pumped for all the action. And again, what I want to do here on today's show is talk about how each, uh, how all eight of these guys, excuse me, got to these singles quarters finals. I also want to offer some of the observations I have from some of the players who may have been eliminated already from this event, but certainly are players worth keeping your eyes on as we progress into this American hardcourt summer. Before though, we get into any of that, again, a shout out to all of you tennis fans who tune in day in, day out. If you're looking for Wimbledon coverage, scroll down. On your mini break podcast feed, we're recapping every day here on this show. We're previewing every day over on the Great Shot podcast feed. All of that content available wherever you listen to your podcast or on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, a shout out as always to our dear friends at Tennis Point as well for their support of this show. And look, it's gorgeous outside each and every day, at least here in the States. It's time to get on the tennis court if you aren't already, and maybe what might inspire you is by updating your gear. New shoes, new clothing, new rackets, whatever it may be. Our friends at Tennis Point have you covered. Tennis-point.com, the promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the best prices. Tennis-point.com, the promo code is CR15. All right. Let's talk Cranbrook Tennis Classic, or as all of you fans know it, this Bloomfield Hills Challenger event. Let's start at the top of the draw and work our way down. Some of you longtime listeners of this podcast may have heard me use the phrase tennis chameleon before. What do I mean when I say that phrase? Well, what I mean is that there are some players out there in the tennis universe who, do they have the flashiest strokes? No. Do they have the eye-popping weapon, the 140-mile-per-hour serve, the unmistakable plus-one forehand? Think of Adele Potro that will just undeniably earn them opportunities to win points at any level of the game. That's not a tennis chameleon. A tennis chameleon is a player whose level reflects that of the opponent across the net. A tennis chameleon is someone who, hey, you want to muck things up, you want to play some slices, you want to find the angles, you want to get physical, the tennis chameleon's willing to do that. Also, a tennis chameleon, you want to inject pace into the match, that would be my pleasure. I'll take your pace, I'll raise you my pace as well. You know who the epitomizes tennis chameleon? Makun Sesakumar, who... I think has just taken by surprise every opponent that he's faced throughout the course of this week. And maybe it's because, again, there's a lot of college guys here, and you look at who he's played, Zeke Clark, Ozon Barris, Ethan Quinn, Lexi Gallardo, now Tennis Sandgren. Sandgren's a little older, but they're all college guys. They're all aware of one another's game styles in a way they wouldn't be aware of the qualifier Sasa Sasakumar, who again, 26 years old, entered the week 385 in the world. Had been playing a lot of futures events to build back his level, to build back his confidence after whether it be injuries or just a wave of poor results doesn't you know dropped him in the rankings to a spot where he did not want to be. Well. You know, since the start of May, he's been making a push back at the challenger level, and you know, after failing to qualify in Guangzhou and Busan in Little Rock, Sasakumars found his rhythm this week in Bloomfield Hills. Qualifies with wins over Zeke Clark, Ozan Barris gets three set wins over Ethan Quinn, seven six in the third, Lexi Galarno, seven five in the third, two advance to the quarterfinals. He's just smooth. With everything he does across the court is Makun Sasakumar, whether it be, you know, again, his ability to absorb, redirect pace on the backhand wing in particular, his ability to change direction on that stroke because he's so efficient with his hands. It's just such a simple compact backswing that he uses to absorb, redirect, and then again throw down the line. I like the kick serve he he throws. I think the forehand can be aggressive. I think he can hit it well. He doesn't get outside the ball, but, you know, it's not the heaviest shot, uh, and he's not going to produce the short angle whip, but, man, he's never compromised in his drive. He's always in the match physically, and, you know, it's interesting. I think he's a sort of, the, you know, he was down a set and a break, by the way, yesterday. 6'4, to two Lexi Galarno, and. Five all in the third, Lexi had, I think, four break point chances to take a six five lead. McCoon uh, is able to hold and then break for seven five and you know, it's so funny how that really does happen. You feel like you had all these chances, now you, you take your foot off the gas pedal, all of a sudden you're broken, the match is over, but he just doesn't give you anything for free. And do I think Sasa Kumar's a top fifty guy in the future? No. I don't think that's where he, perhaps I, I I just don't know if the weapons are there for him. But I know physically he's there. I know the ground strokes are there. I don't know what he's going to do to make him his life easy, but I know he's going to make his opponent's life hell in every match that he plays. And, you know, look, it is going to be a grind between he and Tennis Sandgren. Sandgren, a winner uh, thus far, wins over Mitchell Kruger, 7-6 in the third. Then yesterday, 6-4 in the third over James Duckworth. It's been fascinating talking to Sandgren uh, about where he's at with his game mentally, where he's at physically right now. He served extraordinarily well throughout the course of this week. Wasn't broken against Duckworth in the third set. Wasn't broken against Kruger in the third set. He's hitting his spots, but perhaps more uh, more importantly, he's just a little more aggressive with that first forehand. And I mean, look, these are two guys, Sasakumar, Sandgren, both like to work their way into matches physically. Both, I, I think Sandgren's a little bit better at finding the outer thirds, at getting outside the ball. I think he can match Sasakumar from a drive perspective as well. Look, I, th- I think Sandgren will win the match. I, I do. I think this is where, in like a four and five sort of fashion, where every game is really competitive, but ultimately it is Sandgren who can just. Finish points a little bit easier with his first serve, with his kick serve, plus one forehand combination. I think that's the single most reliable combination in the match. You look for Tennis Sandgren, currently 240 in the world, and look, he wouldn't play at a 25K in Wichita. He wouldn't play at a 25K in Pensacola. For him to get to this quarterfinal, you know, he's now reached quarterfinals, uh, In two of his last three events, he did it in Tyler. He does it here in Bloomfield Hills. He reached a semifinal in Cleveland earlier in the year. Hasn't played a ton of tennis throughout the course of the season. Maybe that's a little bit ranking-driven. You know, again, he's looking for these challenger events, and now with Bloomfield Hills, with Chicago, with Granby, maybe he goes and plays in Newport, qualifying, whatever it may be. You know, for Tennis Sandgren, 32 years old at the end of this month, He is still in the game. He is looking to make a push. He is looking to get back to the top 100. Look, this guy has made a slam quarterfinal. We know what he's capable of. I think he looks good physically. He's talked about getting healthier. I think he wins this match, advances to the semifinal. But again, if you like physicality, Makun Sasakumar, Tennis Sandgren, that will be the match for you. Let's get to the other quarterfinals. I'll go a little quicker through the rest of these because we're getting ready to rock and roll here on day number five, uh, day number six, excuse me, of this Cranbrook Tennis Classic. How about Dennis Kudla? Arguably the biggest victory of his career this week is Kudla knocks out Kanishikori yesterday six four three six six three to advance to the quarterfinals. Kudla's under five hundred over the course of the last year twenty seven and twenty nine overall, and you know again reached a quarterfinal in Ilk uh, in Ilkley at, uh, on the grass courts. Last month, now a quarterfinal here in Bloomfield Hills as well. A couple of three set wins for him 6 3 in the third in each of his matches to get here. Looks good physically. Uh, he just he had gas yesterday in the third set. And by the way, in that match against Ishikori, that was the hottest part of the day. It was sweltering heat. It felt the sun bearing down on you. I just I am so sunburnt to a crisp and. And if I'm feeling that, I'm not even on court playing. Imagine how these players are trying to compete. Two and a half hours, the physicality they show. I mean, Kudla was just there. His legs were in the fight. He pushed Nishi Nishikori into that backhand corner repeatedly. He's taken the ball early on the rise this week. He looks solid. Rock solid. And, you know, again, for Dennis now, this is quarterfinal number what? Let's see. He made Monterey quarterfinals earlier in the year. He made Seoul quarterfinals. Ilkley quarterfinals, now Bloomfield Hills Challenger quarterfinals, currently sitting at 180, entering the week. But Kudla now back up to number 161 with this quarterfinal. By the way, Sessa Kumar by making the quarterfinal back up to number 349. Sandgren by making the quarterfinal back up to number 219. So, in case you're curious, again, what the rankings for these guys are when you watch the level of play, you know, it's crazy that these guys aren't all in the top 100 because the physicality you see it in person maybe the weapons aren't quite there for any of the guys I've discussed yet but I mean you look for Dennis Kudlow Lost final round Wimbledon qualifying now goes directly from a month on grass courts quick transition to the hard courts he's ready to roll he's into the quarterfinals he's got a tough battle taking on Mikhail Kukushkin Kukushkin of course 35 years old 262 in the world he's now 26 and 24 over his last 52 weeks Made a final at the Tyler, Tyler Challenger at the start of last month. Now a quarterfinal here in Bloomfield Hills. A lot of Challenger tennis over the past year for Kakushkin. I think this is a really steady match. Again, when I watch all these players, that's the thing is who's got the biggest weapon remaining. I would say it's the Stevie serve plus one forehand. That's the rep weapon I would rely on more than anyone else remaining in this quarterfinal. But that's what's so fascinating about this challenger level is all these guys have the physicality. All of these guys know how to construct points at an elite level. The question is, and this is why I've become so, more, so much more weapon-centric as I've gotten older, because... They all are freak athletes. They all move extraordinarily well. It's the guys who can make life easy for themselves, the guys who can do things that the rest cannot. And I know this isn't some revelation, but I can't emphasize how much weapons are accentuated when you're in person, where you can just tell, okay, yep, that sounds a little different. That moves a little bit differently through the court. And, you know, again, I think for Kakushkin for Kudla, while they have out-physicaled, each of their opponents thus far, they've been more efficient than their opponents thus far. And for Kakushkin wins 7-6 in the third over Harrison, 6-2 in the third over Paracard. All eight results I've discussed thus far for our main draw quarterfinalists, they've all been three set matches. That speaks to the parity at this level. And maybe those scorelines will indicate what I have repeatedly said. It's really hard to delineate, differentiate who's got it. Who doesn't? Because truth be told, in person, via the eye test, all these players got it. And so, I think Sandgren, of the top half of the draw, has looked the most, has had the most impressive combination of physicality and plus one replicable weapon. I think, again, Kukushkin, Sasakumar, Kudla, though, are all very close behind. And I would say Kudla's probably, I would lean Kudla in this matchup with Kukushkin, particularly coming off of the victory over Nishikori. But, you know, again, for both of these guys, for Kudla, Kukushkin, each trying to ensure at a minimum they're in U.S. Open qualifying, if not better than that. It's a big match. It's a big opportunity for both guys. That's your top half of the draw. And by the way, if it's a Sandgren-Kudla semifinal here in Bloomfield Hills, a couple of American vets who have been in the top 100, who have made second weeks at slams, that's all you can ask for as a Southeast Michigan tennis fans. So if you're in the area, you best be showing up. We got some good tennis on the horizon. Bottom half of the draw. I'm all in on the return of Omar Jessica. And of course, the former junior U.S. Open champion didn't play any tennis 2020-2021. He has now played Jessica 73 matches over his last 52 weeks. I believe he's played 90 matches since the start of last year into the Bluefield Hills Challenger quarterfinal, his first Challenger quarterfinal of the season. Now, he reached the semifinals of the Playford Challenger last year. He's had a ton of success at the— reached the finals in Nunthaburi as well. Has sort of had a ton of ITF success over this course of time, but, man, you can tell Omar Jasek still working his way back into shape. And I'll tell you what, you could put a quarter— on any portion of the court, the lefty Jessica would find a way to hit that ball. He is so smooth with it. Just kind of reminds me of Andrusova on the women's side, the lefty. Just again, how well he absorbs, redirects pace, hits his spots, hits his corners. I think the backhand in particular, he's so adept at short hopping that ball, taking it on the rise, beating you to the spot with it because manufacturing pace for him, again, And not the tallest guy, not the biggest guy, but very creative in how he slices and dices you. Taking like on a traditional physical six-two, like just what you'd expect in a in a modern-day pe- tennis player. And Tristan in Schoolkate, Schoolkate's good at everything. Is the qualifier now? He's fifty-three and thirty over his last fifty-two weeks. It's his first challenger quarterfinal of the year this guy who played a ton of 25ks at the ITF level built himself all the way back into the top 350 and you know now you look for school Kate in reaching uh, this quarterfinal he's all the way at a new career high number 294 for the 22 year old Aussie he is in U.S. Open qualifying striking range and I know that's a significant goal of his to end the season meanwhile for Jessica He's all the way back up to number 263 in the world. Exact same thing. And look, when you're playing slam qualies, you just got to bite at the apple to get to the big dance, to get to the big games, to get to the slams, to get that big payday. It's an all Aussie battle. It's going to be a fun one. Man, School Kate's gotten off to such hot starts, but I think I'm leaving Jessica. In that battle, uh, I mean, again, I really like the lefty Aussie. How he's progressing—he just knows how to win. Po- it, It's—he's just always one shot better than you, if that makes sense. You think you found a short angle, he's going to beat you down the line. You think you've beat him down the line, he's going to beat you cross court to the open space. Again, I still don't think any of these guys have those elite top fifty weapons. It's not a Ben Shelton serve. It's not a Francisco Cerundolo forehand. It's not overwhelming maybe in the way some of the other young guys you watch on the challenger circuit can be and you're just like yep he'll be flying up moving forward but Jessica and school kate i don't hardly a revelation they're both really really good really solid and i think across the board we're going to see a lot more you know the continued theme of three set matches um i'll go Jessica three sets in that match but again it's a pick either way and then last but certainly not least there's just something in the eyes right now of Stevie Johnson, he has looked good this week. Can Stevie straight set wins over Aiden McHugh, James McCabe? He's now going to take on Yasutaka Uchiyama. I mean, I know Stevie's ranked outside the top 200 entering the week by reaching this quarterfinal. Stevie back up to number, oh, excuse me, he's 241 in the world right now. Um, Yeah, look, fighting to play slam qualifying, fighting to just stay in the hunt. And with Chicago, Granby, again, all these events coming up, he'll have a lot of opportunities to play this summer to put himself back in the mix on a surface where obviously he has had his most success. It'll be interesting if he's offered any wild cards into, say, an Atlanta or, you know, again, a um, a Cincinnati, just given who he is, what he's meant to American tennis. But he looks fit. The serve is firing – and his forehand has, without question, been the biggest weapon on the courts this week. I mean, there, uh, Ethan Quinn would like a, con- uh, a cup of coffee in that conversation. And by the way, I'll be recapping how all the college guys did, how I thought about their progress, wh- what's the next step for those guys, or what's the difference between the top level of college tennis and this challenger level. It really boils down to fitness, but that's something I'll expand upon with John J. Parsons next week when we recap, when we do our summer editions, excuse me, of the deciding point, but yeah, Stevie's looked the part, and again, he's into the quarterfinals, where now he will face Uchiyama Uchiyama into, uh, with wins over Lee 2 and Emilio Gomez, each in straight sets as well, former world number 78, uh, 30 years old, excuse me, currently 267 in the world, he's big, I mean, he hits big, Momentum's moving forward. He's got the size. He's not the most fluid mover, but he has asserted himself as well inside the baseline as anyone. Again, these are the two big hitters, Stevie, Uchiyama, and they're facing off against one another in the quarterfinals. I'd lead Stevie in the matchup. There's just something in the eyes again, but I'm gonna take Stevie four and four. I think it's going to be a good day of tennis. And again, if you can find all of the Bloomfield Hills Challenger available on the ATP Challenger stream, if you want to hear from each of these players, we've talked to all of them. Throughout the course of the week, you can find those conversations on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed or on our Cracked Records YouTube channel. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff for making everything content-wise happen that he does. Of course, a shout-out as well to our friends at Tennis Point for their support. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15, with all of that said. For the fantastic Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Records and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.